This is your host, Mike Sarah. I'm glad to be with you today. And today we're going to be talking about uh, what's happening in the world around us. I know a lot of times we get caught up in all the politics, and I don't really like to make my channel about politics because that is what most people center their their whole, uh, you know, their pendulum by, right? So there's another word for it, and I'm trying to think out what it is. But after the break, I will uh, try to remember. So you guys hold on. I'll be right back. You are listening to The Winning Edge with Mike Sarah. In this episode, Mike will bring you a wealth of information he's gathered in 30 years as a building contractor, marketing and branding administrator, real estate developer, restaurant owner, and owner of multiple other businesses. In this new era of marketing, branding, and social-driven world, Mike will give you tips and tricks from the old school to the new kids' playground. So valuable, you can't miss one episode. Mike is also a motivational speaker. He is passionate on helping others stand and look over the winning edge. Mike will move you to get off your duff and be the person you were created to be. Because if you're not living your dream, you're living someone else's. Here he is, your host of The Winning Edge, Mike Sarah. Okay, great, guys. I am glad you held on. You know, I... Every once in a while, I look at certain things that are going around, and I think, what is the grand scheme of this article? Or what is, in the, in the, in the whole grand scheme of things, what is trying to be portrayed? Because we all know, and if you don't know, you will know now, that all the news that we receive no matter what part of the country or the world or your village or where you live, is all produced and orchestrated and brought to you by just a few individuals. Whether those individuals are working for a corporation, whether they're working for uh, a political party, or whether they're uh, working for the Billionaires Club, no one knows, but I'm sure that they do. And some people say that there's about six individuals that run everything that we know today. Now, let me give you an example. Okay, about a month ago, there was this gal, maybe it's a little bit longer than a month ago, and she she came up missing, and then they found her body somewhere in, in the desert or um, out in the wilderness, and she was strangled. This made headlines. I don't know if it made world headlines, but in the States, it made headlines. Every news outlet brought the major news outlets, commentary, folk like me, we, we were talking about this. Now, as you well know, people come up missing all the time, whatever reason it is, whether uh, elderly or have dementia and they just walk off. I remember one time... Um, when I was working on a specific job and the homeowner came out and said, do not keep this door unlocked. Lock it every time you come in and out. And I, I said, okay. She said, uh, my husband has dementia and when I'm not here, uh, a lot of times he'll just walk out and 
in a walk wherever. Okay. So one of the guys I had working for me at the time left the door open. Okay. And we didn't pay much attention to this gentleman. We had, we had things to do. And when the gal came home, she said, I can't find my husband anywhere. And the door was left unlocked. Now, that person came up missing. It was a short period of time. And, uh, her daughters and herself went out and looked for him. He walked down the road, actually a busy road at the time. But, um, I look at it this way. If, that was my responsibility to watch this gentleman so he wouldn't leave the house. Uh, I wasn't in that field to worry about that. I mean, that's not my area of interest, right? I had a specific job to do, and uh, that's the way that worked out. But this woman should have put a leash on him or had someone, uh, a caregiver, with him all the time. It's not my responsibility. But anyways, my point is that there is always someone that comes up missing whether it's a child or an adult or uh, someone like this case that I just spoke to you about with dementia, someone is coming up missing. In most of the cases when someone comes, comes up missing, it's foul play. I mean, simple as that. People don't just disappear unless they run away. Uh, and then you can usually you know, pinpoint that with enough information from uh, a parent or a guardian to know that this child had some issues with what's going around with uh, them and left, okay? But generally, if somebody's missing and it's a responsible person has to get to work or they, they have a family to tend to, uh, yada, 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 and, and they come up missing all of a sudden, usually there's foul play involved. And um, But anyway, my point was with this whole subject was this made news. Now, of all the people that come up missing, why was this individual uh, so prevalent? Okay, why was it? It's making my my case here for who's in charge. Okay, for whatever reason, this couple because uh, they were they were looking for this individual uh, was a, had a fiance right and. They were looking for him because he was with her. You know, I don't know if you remember the story, but just Google it or Yahoo it or whatever, Bing it, and uh, you can find the whole. I don't want to go into that's not what I want to talk about today. So that's that's what I'm trying to say. There was a lot of people that were upset about why did this story get so much attention. Now, who's ever out there, and it does it just doesn't like. Some news articles or some things that, that go viral, it usually gets picked up by the general public. They show their friends and so on and so on and so on. And then it, it works its way up to uh, the mainstream media, right? That's how some, something that goes viral works its way up. Well, this a news story always works its way down to the lowest denominator in the public, right? All the way down to the you and I that are on the streets. So... Uh, that you know that that's what they say. There's only a few individuals that are in charge of what we understand or what we need to know as as peons in this world uh, to know, and that's all we need to know. And and it depends on which uh, individuals' political preference. That's generally the way they push these items, right? So to give you a crash course, 
and what you understand and what you hear is you take thousands of information and you let these individuals determine what's going to make it on the mainstream media. Because I'm sure there's so much that goes on that you and I could never uh, absorb all this information on our own. We have to have news outlets to break that down for us and put it into just a, a few headlines per day. Okay. So I am not one of them individuals that has that insight or that uh, narrative or that uh, compression, so to speak, into who hears what and why. Okay. So everything that I received are is information that my mind is directed to. It's like a magnet. Okay, there's that whole uh, piece in the brain that directs you to something that you're attracted to, right? So let's say that you wanted um, a yellow Lamborghini, right? And next thing you know, that's all you see. Your, your eyes are like, hey, there's a yellow Lamborghini over there. And yeah, there's one over there, right? You don't see too many of them, but when you do, your eyes are focused. I mean, you could, you could put your your eyes on a Honda or anything other other car down the line and say, yeah, and every, every time you look up, you see that specific vehicle. That's what I'm talking about. But um, so that's the things that I put out in business things and financial things. And uh, that's directly what my mind uh, is generally grasping, grasper, grasp. How's that? And directed to. And one of them, you know, we're, we're all told now about the the supply chain issues and my take on it is it, it this was happening this is a product not a product but a situation that's happened that's been happening or it's kind of moving over several years i remember 2010 2012 that the trucking industry came out and said by the year 20, whatever, we're going to be short on drivers. You know, guys are retiring. It's becoming more and more uh, regulated. A lot of guys do not want to be in that field where they're told uh, what to do, how much money they can make, how much time they can drive, yada, yada, yada. A lot of them retiring. The, the movement in our society was to things online. People were pushed to go into school and all these things that they were driven away from the actual money making. Now, a lot of guys that are that are over the road truckers have to spend their life driving this shipment to where it needs to go. So a lot of these companies take individuals and they start them out with, "Hey, you got to drive with us, you know, so many hours, so many days a month, right?" Well, a lot of times if if you live in one particular part of the country and you're driving on another particular part of the country, it's hard to get home every night, right? So a lot of these guys sleep in the beds of the truck. They have the whole layout in their cab, and uh, they stay on the road for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I've known numerous guys that would spend uh, three, three, three and a half weeks a month on the road and just get a few days off. Now, what's nice about it, on one hand, is that you can work as much as you want and make as much money as you want. On the other hand, if you have a family, you might as well forget it, okay? 
because you're not going to be home for all the ball games. You're not going to be home for all the special events, that type of thing. And sometimes it depends on your work schedule and where you fit in the company. You might miss all the holidays or special times that are meant for you. So a lot of guys said, you know, that's not made for me. But most of the time, if you wanted to be a short haul trucker and you wanted to work eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day and be home every evening, then you would have to spend a certain amount of uh, years on the over the road. And a lot of people, a lot of these companies with short haul trucking, they don't want to hire beginners because there's too many things that they have to teach them and things they have to know. They rather have it in one of these long haul companies that go through guys like their water, weed them all out, get the better ones, and then they don't have any issues trying to train guys. So a lot of these big companies all over the road from one part of the country to the other, they're, you know, they don't care because they weed through guys like, like you say, water, and they just keep bringing them on. We'll pay for your schooling. We'll pay for all this. As long as you stay with us over enough time, then you're making money. We pay off your school. We give you a vehicle, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So where I'm going with this is this news article about this whole uh, crisis that we are in. And it happens to go throughout the world, but most of this was brought on years ago and not through the pandemic, okay? But the pandemic has just emphasized that made it worse than something that was slowly, gradually uh, coming to uh, us anyway. I mean, if the pandemic didn't do it, it would be a matter of time before uh we'd have the same kind of crisis. Now, in California, uh, I'm reading an article just now that says that the, the governor, you know, the people in the political office in California are going to uh, issue fine that's coming starting November 1st. And ports in Los Angeles and Long Beach will be charged $100 per per, per container of boxes dwelling nine or more days that move by truck and those dwelling six days or more that move by rail. Okay. So this fee will increase a hundred dollars every day. It will be charged to carriers and then almost certain pass the fee along to shippers, meaning it will be equivalent of an escalating uh, charge. Okay. So what the case is that these uh, items, whether they're still in the ships, and we, we've all seen pictures of these uh, ships offshore, right? And they're waiting their turn to get unloaded. Well, now some people say there's not enough jobs, there's not people working, people are doing this, that, and the other thing. Okay, whatever reason, people aren't working. And a lot of times that people aren't working, I think, well, I'll save that for another uh, podcast, but people aren't working for a certain reason, and, and I pretty much know why they're not working. And these uh, companies are having a hard time getting this shipment. And I and I I said earlier that the reason why these these containers aren't being removed fast enough is because there's not enough truckers. Now I think what has to happen is there's going to have to be rules and regulations that lighten this, and maybe that these containers are a size of uh, semi trucks, right? The, the trailers, and you're talking about hundreds and thousands of these containers that need to be moved out every day. There's there's too much 
regulation involved in getting these people out. Now, listen, there has to be regulate. There has to be rules. There has to be laws. I understand that. But they need to be implemented in a way that moves things quickly instead of all this nonsense. Okay. Now, we're not, no, we're not in a, in an atmosphere or an environment, so to speak, that we have the technology to get these things in and out. Now, years ago, it used to be rail that moved these products from one end of the country to the other. And then as, you know, the gasoline engine, the diesel engine expanded, we could actually take these items and move them to different parts of the country quicker than we could by rail, right? Because rail had to stop at a certain place and then be unloaded through uh, different vehicles and sent to wherever they were going on that part of the country. Now you can take one of these containers and ship it directly to where it needs to go, right? So if you had a ship that had thousands of containers on it and each one maybe went to a different location, it, it would be easier to uh, you know, ship one by one than it would be a whole massive train load of these and then try to ship them out. Some They do that. Don't get me wrong. They do that. Okay, it's just one way that uh, this expands. And everything that we have, everything that we buy is shipped by, by vehicle, right? So whether it's a vehicle of air or, or sea or train or, uh, you know, semi-truck or small vehicles, it's all shipped, right? There's nothing that just shows up at your door from the manufacturer without the middle guy. So I, I knew, you know, 10 years ago that this crisis was going to come upon us, right? And there's just not enough truck. You go everywhere and everybody's hiring truck drivers, right? And it's not the point where the truck drivers get more money because there's, there's a cap, right? I mean, some guys that have their own truck, they make more money, but there's only a cap because you, you're only one person. You can only make so much. And then you got to find the company that's willing to pay you what you're worth, right? So an individual just starting out has really no worth other than sitting behind the wheel and driving from point A to point B, right? But a guy that has years of experience, has his own vehicle, you know, knows the whole tricks of the trade, that guy can get to point A, you know, point A to point B faster than the new guy, right? But he's not getting any more money. Maybe he does, but not much. I mean, he can't just lay out, I want X amount of dollars. The company said, this is all we're giving you. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. And so the guy kind of weeds through all these uh, different companies until he finds somewhere that's less hassle, easy money, and makes him what he's worth, right? So that's a lot of, that's a lot of to do for that guy trying to make a buck, right? It's just not so lucrative that he can make one haul and he's done for the week, right? Uh, some guys can, some guys can't, but they work their way to that point. It's not that way with everybody because everybody would be driving a truck. Hey, I got, you know, two days off this week. I'm going to go drive a truck and then, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of the week fishing, whatever. Now, so that's, that's the major thing that I see with this whole issue. And, you know, this crisis did start with a lot of these companies bringing these products to shore is that 
I know just a few months ago that over in China, they had to shut one port down for a month because there's a few guys that end up getting the COVID, right? So that was an issue, backlogs, and then all of a sudden they get all the ships loaded and they truck them over quick. Now, another issue that I see with this whole supply chain thing is that we don't manufacture things in this country like we used to, right? Or not like we used to, but there's more things that are available to us that come from all over the world, right? Whether it's semiconductors or clothing or uh, building materials, whatever it may be, there it comes from all over the world now. Before, I remember in the the, the area that I grew up in, my dad would tell me that they built everything was made that you needed in our community. So if you wanted a bed, it was made at this factory. If you wanted a car, it was made at this factory. If you wanted uh, uh, food, it was made at this uh, area. If you wanted uh, anything, shoes, they were made from the shoes guy over here in the corner. And whether it was a clock or a watch or whatever it may be, everything was made in our community. And I remember when growing up is that you could go down, there was a place called the Soda Pop Shop, and you could buy a 24 case, and it came in a case, a wooden case, and it had 24 bottles of soda. And you could go through the, the factory, and you could see them actually making the soda, pumping it in the bottles. And then when you went out, uh, it was a big open building, and you would walk through different uh, flavors and you would put them in your case on the cart, right? So if there was grape or cherry or, or whatever, you could take them bottles, put them on your, your cart with your case, and um, you went up to, uh, to pay for it, and you took that case, and you brought the wooden case back with the empty bottles the next time you came back. But that was all. You didn't go to uh, – you, know, you could. It's not like now where they, they might make uh, one of these soda – drinks in another part of the company and then ship it all over, right? So everything, there was no supply issue. You were the supply chain because you went to the individual, you cut out all the, the shippers, and you went right to the individual. Sure, they had to get their product their, to make their whatever from different areas, but most of it came from local uh, places within a few miles, right? So if it didn't come overseas. That didn't really take off until I would think the late '60s, and I could be wrong because I'm I'm not that old. But generally, most of these countries you've seen, like China, they were a third world country. Uh, all these Asian countries. Um, not to say anything bad about them. I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying they didn't get their start early enough like we did over here in the states. I mean, really, if you think about it, we were starting oil production back in the late uh, 1800s with uh, oil, uh, you know, started to build vehicles and that type of thing. Uh, you know, we went from the train to locomotive uh, right into uh, the gas-powered engine, right? And then that kind of took off, and, and I think that alone was the major thrust, the major vehicle that we see in modern-day uh, manufacturing, commercialism, that type of thing. 
So when it was oil, changed everything. I mean, if you look at countries that went from nothing to where they are, it was it was the oil. I mean, whether they're getting it brought in. I mean, you look at some countries that are in like uh, you know parts of the Atlantic Ocean that uh, there's several. I'm not naming them, but they don't have natural resources and they live way in the poverty section of of general persons, right? And I'm sure if there was enough individuals that they could uh, expand and go into different, it, it, but it takes people, it takes uh, you know consumers, that type of thing to bring that. And a lot of these countries, you know, I can go a few miles from here in a population that are more than some of these countries are in. So it's pretty tough. And, and I look at smaller countries that were able to do it. I don't know all the, you know, the reasonings. I just know that they get help. Okay. So that help would be, why do you need to go to that particular area, right? Is there resources uh, or is there cheap labor or is there actually a vehicle like the environment or the location of that certain country that makes it viable to do business with them. So I'm 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 putting this all in a big you know box and cover, wrap it and putting a bow on it. But this news that we are here today about shipping the supply chains and I look at yeah there's certain items that I can't get right that are no longer available or that are behind. But you know last year we were told that. The reason why this is not available because everybody is shut down in that particular item. Nobody's working to build it or make it or develop it, whatever the case. Okay, that was one reason. The next reason is there's still that issue with trying to get all these parts gathered and make them back to the point they were before the pandemic. All right, eventually time will ease this, right? We're just in this situation because everybody's pushing their products and trying to get them to market. But now we're caught up in this whole supply chain issue and trying to get it to where it needs to go quickly. And everybody's backlogged, so everybody needs them now to, to put everything together that they normally already had. Or they could, you know, determine how many X amount of products they were going to build. So they would look at the products and they would look at a year down or two years down the road. Yeah, we need X amount of, of Y to make product Z, right? So, yeah, we're going to order that product, get it ready for us and ship it in August or November or January, whatever. But all that is broken up and you're not getting all them products when you need them. So, uh, everything is brought to a standstill. Basically, that's how all this is working out. But I know for a fact that the issue we have while these containers are piled up is because everything is coming so quickly now, there's not enough truckers out there to deliver the products, okay? I don't, you know, it, it won't be, you know, once there is an issue like that, there's individuals that say, hey, I can make a buck off getting this stuff quicker and in another way. And then next thing you know, you'll have guys that are coming up with all these ideas on how to get this shipment uh, sent out quicker and to do it more cost-effective and putting money in their pocket, okay? 
basically, I wanted to talk about more things, but as we are coming to draw into an end of this podcast, we will pick up other issues as they relate to what I want to talk about. So I am glad you guys stayed around long enough to listen to me babble, and I hope you received some value out of this podcast. If you do, please like and subscribe. Share this with your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, anybody around you work with, your friends, your neighbors. I don't care. Tell them about the podcast. Send them a link. Comment all the things you need to do because you not only does the algorithm work on that type of information, but it does wonders for my ego. So you guys have a wonderful day. And I will talk to you on the next podcast. Have a great day. Bye now. Can't wait to listen to the next episode of the fastest growing, in-your-face, fact-driven, ball-busting podcast on the planet. Visit www.mikesarah.ms forward slash podcast for the latest podcast episodes. And show Mike some love and subscribe and give a five-star rating on iTunes. Your feedback is always accepted. Okay.